0: This is the WFG National Title Insider Report, your weekly download on the market, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending to keep you informed and ahead of the market. You're invited to join us at the WFG Summit, March 15th through the 19th in Orlando, welcoming industry leaders from across the country as we celebrate the 10th anniversary of WFG National Title. To learn more, visit wfgagent.com. In this download, Executive Vice President for Agency Development, Chuck Kane, is back with us to discuss CCPA, RON, AI, and give us his forecast for the 2020 housing market. Hey Chuck, thanks for joining us. Uh, The new year is underway. It seems that every year at this time there's something that starts to concern people in settlement services, and this year it's the California Consumer Privacy Act. First off, tell us about this and who it applies to.
1: The CCPA has gotten a lot of press uh, because it has to do, as it sounds, with uh, seeing to it the consumers understand. What data that they provide to a financial entity or an insurance entity, how is it stored? How is it used? Is it potentially sold? And uh, if so, or even if not, that they can opt out, that uh, they can see to it that their uh, private information is not sold. And when it comes to title and settlement, and I've gotten phone calls from title agents around the country, and it's like, well, I've heard from my underwriter and I'm a title agent. in a small county in Pennsylvania, does this really apply to me? And while certainly as to any title agent or as any business, you know, you should always seek your business counsel to be sure that for some reason that we might not discuss here, that perhaps it might apply to you. But by and large, these requirements are required of people who are working in California, working with California residents on a regular basis, So you may be in a different state, but you may work with California residents. You should provide some sort of privacy disclosure. And those privacy disclosures, every underwriter, we at WFG have provided one. It's it's somewhat lengthy compared to a standard privacy disclosure, but it is available so that you can provide that to a California resident. But under the statute, there are certain exemptions companies under $25 million in revenue are generally exempt under the statute. And also, too, it does discuss about what is your motive in regard to gathering this information? Is it your intent to sell the information? Do you routinely sell such information? The statute, unfortunately, has some vagueness to it. That's perhaps, or frighteningly to many people, it may be litigation before we get real clarity as to how it all applies. But again, if you're a title or settlement agent, you're doing work in California, you're probably way ahead of me in regard to this, but if not, that you need to understand what your obligations are under the CCPA, but if you're a title or settlement agent and you are working somewhere far from California, you do not work with Californians, most likely you have no obligation to provide a disclosure or be governed by the statute. But that being said, a lot of other states are looking at similar type of legislation here in 2020. So one needs to be mindful and one needs to be watchful in regard to any pending legislation or discussion of pending legislation that may be going on in your respective state stay close to your state land title association uh, or bar association or both because they will be the ones paying attention uh, in regard to uh, any sort of pending legislation moving forward. But we will see other states pass similar laws. They may not be as draconian as the California statute, but we're going to see certainly a tightening in the next few years uh, in regard to the privacy of consumer data. So it just one just needs to be mindful. But the CCPA, again, if you're not in California, You do need to look at your source of business. You do need to see who you're doing business with, but review the statute, talk to your counsel. Probably you are not uh, under the jurisdiction of the CCPA, again, if you are not meeting those requirements.
0: Okay, that's good to hear. Now, remote online notary now in over 20 states, RON, as we call it. What do we need to know about this, Chuck? Do we need to be signing up
1: on a RON platform? Well, that's a very good question, Brian, and we get this question a lot, and especially in states where it's just rolled out. For example, it just rolled out in Florida here the first of the year, and I've heard from numerous Florida agents and and agency personnel that, well, you know, who do they need to talk to, what platform they need to sign with. At this juncture, by and large, lenders who are authorizing transactions to be closed using remote online notarization are telling the title and settlement agent who to use, what platform they want them to use. There are many major national platforms out there. So at this juncture, for a title agent to rush off and sign up with the platform, It may be that if they have a local lender that they need to talk to and say, look, I have signed up with a particular platform. If you're interested, perhaps you want to talk to that platform. So we're all uh, attuned. But otherwise, it's the lenders who are going to drive what platforms generally are being used. There may be some lenders who may not Uh, do so in which case that's the time to reach out and do some research on the various platforms and see which ones would be acceptable uh, in your jurisdiction uh, and likewise uh, to the lender. But uh, to simply go out and sign up right now with the RON platform, uh, that's, it requires some homework. And again, the homework is what lenders are you working with? Do they already have approved platforms that they want you to use? Uh, and uh, which may be different from the ones you're looking at. Um, or again, if your local lenders really haven't uh, touched the subject, it's something to reach out to them and talk about it and say, look, this is authorized. Do you want to do it? Are you equipped to do it? Can you deliver a fully electronic package to me? Do we live in a county where we can record such documents? Those are the questions to ask. It's a good conversation to have with your lender customer to show that you're interested and engaged in their business and what uh, may be uh, an upcoming advantage for them to be able to offer RON transactions. Because a lot of it Uh, we we sort of blame millennials for everything, that, oh, well, millennials want this and millennials want that. But in regard to Ron transactions, quite often it's senior citizens who simply don't want to drive somewhere or it's people who live in areas where there's just a lot of traffic. And uh, the idea of driving across town is versus paying an additional fee to close remotely. Um, They uh, are more than happy to do that as versus driving uh, uh, across the Washington, D.C., Uh, Metro at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. But all that being said, uh, Ron is certainly going to be here. It's not going to be a tsunami of transactions. We've seen that in other states where Ron has been around for a few months. There are transactions that close using Ron, but it's not going to be that suddenly more than 50% of your transactions will be remote online at least not likely so, uh, by the end of 2020. But it's something that everybody needs to be aware of and attuned to. Uh, but uh, to rush out and just sign up with the platform, just to have a platform signed up, it may be, again, you sign up with a platform, it's a very good platform, and the first transaction you get, the lender says, sorry, we're not to use these guys. Here are the guys you have to use.
0: Okay, it's that time of year now, Chuck, too, when everybody's fired up, it's January hey, it's going to be a great year, or is it, right? What are the predictions for 2020? We've got an election year here. It's, it's always fun to get uh, these prognostications. You know, I, I hate to say it, all real estate is local, but there you go. So that a lot of it depends mm-hmm. on that, right? Um, what are you hearing, and kind of what's your pulse? Because you travel all over the country. You talk to title agents everywhere. What's the read you're getting on 2020?
1: Well, and just as you say, Brian, all real estate is local and it's a political year and all politics is local. And, you know, there's the, the various sources, the Mortgage Bankers Association, Fannie, Freddie, uh, the various uh, economists who put this forward. We certainly look to 2020 to being a good year in regard to the real estate industry. But, you know, refinances, Uh, refinances, as we know, the interest rates uh, in regard to mortgages generally are driven by bond rates, not so much by the Fed and Prime, though that certainly is a component, but bond prices tend to drive uh, interest rates. When you have uncertainty in the bond market, that's when the bond buyers get spooked and rates go up. We anticipate, I mean, we see generally that Probably refinances will remain robust in most areas of the country. For the first half of the year, they'll start to probably die back in different places for various reasons, but we should see a decent refinance uh, period for the first half of the year, but that could all change very quickly if the bond market starts to get spooked by things such as some inflationary trend, um, high debt that the government has, which it certainly has, or shall we say uh, foreign conflict, which we seem to be in the midst of discerning whether we're going to have that or not. So uh, refinances can go away overnight if that loan pricing goes up. In regard to the purchase market, the purchase market by and large should be pretty good in most places. Now we've already seen significant drop in prices and activity. In some of the high-dollar markets, such as California, uh, New York City, uh, we've already seen that activity start to fall. So we're going to have an inventory question through 2020. Will there be enough houses uh, to sell? The builders are not predicting to do a huge year in uh, new construction. They'll do a good year in new construction, but still nothing to what we need to replace a uh, housing stock that uh, is reaching obsolescence um, or the demand that may be for new homes but It's going to be driven very heavily by your marketplace. And so, you know, if you're in places like the Carolinas or Virginia, in Tennessee, in Texas, in Colorado, states that are very much booming in terms of their economy, people moving into the state, it should be a pretty good year for you. If you're in a state where people are moving out and businesses are not as robust or businesses are closing, It may not be as good a year. So it is going to be very, very much a localized year, I think. But overall, it should be a pretty good year. And commercial should stay pretty good, especially as long as rates stay at an acceptable level. And they should stay at a relatively acceptable level uh, through 2020. Commercial activity should be uh, relatively strong. So we should see a good year. But again, as you say, it's all local.
0: Hey, Chuck, I meant to ask this earlier while I have you. Artificial intelligence. So we hear more and more about that. How big of a factor is that, not only in in settlement, but in the overall housing market?
1: Well, I think, you know, it's going to become a bigger element. And when I say that, there is some confusion sometimes about what artificial intelligence actually is. I was on a panel, uh, recently with John Levinick of Ballard Spar, and John is far more attuned to this than I. But as he discussed, he said a lot of people talk about artificial intelligence. And what they're really talking about is business intelligence. Artificial intelligence uh, implies that there is some subjectivity in the programming uh, that uh, drives the product or service so that it's not just a matter of, say, with a loan application looking at certain data and making determinations perhaps based off of algorithms that uh, may be programmed in, which is really business intelligence. Artificial intelligence uh, would drive subjectivity. into that decision-making process along the lines of, well, what if a human looked at this? It doesn't look like that great alone, but maybe there are things here that we're not considering. AI continues to be a new component, but sometimes AI is confused with BI. And, uh, business, but business intelligence certainly is going to be a major component in the mortgage and lending industry here in 2020, more and more and more, as lenders are striving to mechanize the process as much as possible to reduce time, reduce uh, labor costs, and therefore improve their bottom line and their profit margins in regard to loan origination.
0: Thanks to Chuck Kane, WFG's Executive Vice President for Agency Development, for joining us. And thank you for partnering with WFG. To learn more about our unique process, systems, and technology, or to register for the WFG Summit March 15th through the 19th in Orlando, visit WFGAgent.com.